0: We interrupt our regularly scheduled episodes to bring you this special Christmas series, The Birth of Our Savior. Our current message series will continue in a few weeks. Coming up.
1: And that's one of the reasons I, you know, people talk about what they deserve, what they deserve. I I try to keep that language out of my mouth um, because the the truth is I deserve death. I'm I'm a sinner. I used to be a cute little sinner. <laughs> I was just looking at my little baby picture. <laughs> I was just looking at my baby picture the other day, and I was like, "Rob, you was a little cute little little baby there, yeah. but I was a cute little sinner, cute little sinner." Now you're old. <laughs> <laughs> a big old sinner. A big old sinner. Old sinner, big old
2: sinner.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we haven't earned it. We don't deserve yeah. it. And God in His great love has given us the gifts.
0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the most important and impactful birth in human history. Therefore, there are aspects surrounding His birth that every human being should consider as we approach the Christmas season. Join us for the message series as Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn help us dive deeper into these truths. Here is the first message in the series: the essentiality of the Savior's birth. You know, for uh, for a long time,
1: I've been told uh, by people who are grandparents. Hmm. How their grandkids have changed their lives. If you're a grandparent out there, um, type amen in the chat or put a thumbs up on your reactions. So we got some grandparents. <laughs> uh, something. If you agree that being a grandparent changed your life, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you agree that being a parent changed your life, oh
3: yes, <laughs> let us know.
2: Amen. 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 Oh, Daryl say amen, amen, amen.
3: <laughs> he might be
2: the only grandparent out there. All
1: right. So I, I heard about this, you know, in many ways, um, these grandparents, they say grandparenting is better than being a parent. And one of the reasons they give is that you can send them home. <laughs> <laughs> to their parents yes, when you yes. when you get tired. Yes, you can just the, send them home. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: But you know most uh most parents uh don't have that luxury. That's why
2: <laughs> there's it's the different. big facts. Big facts. right? <laughs> right? Yes
1: so most parents have to care for their child 24-7.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, or either make sure their child is cared for 24-7. Yeah. So I'm waiting with anticipation for becoming a grandparent. No, no pressure, son. No pressure. No pressure. No
2: pressure, daughter-in-law. No pressure, daughter-in-law. None, none at all. I, re- I was just thinking about um, I was an aunt long before I became a parent. Yeah. And being the youngest of um, the youngest of seven. Um and uh what do you say? Oh, she said I feel pressure. <laughs> Don't feel pressure, because, no, pressure, no, no, pressure. no pressure at all. But um, I was an aunt, being the youngest of seven, I was an aunt long before I became a, a parent. And I felt the same as grandparents in the sense that you can give them back. <laughs> <laughs> I would go over and pick them up and spend, you know, take them out, do all kinds of stuff with them. Before I had, we had our own child and all kinds of stuff. They would tell me, oh, we would love to see your your van pull up, you know, because we knew it was going to be fun. (laughs) But honey, taking them back home, yes, I can definitely relate to the grandparents on that.
1: Yeah, so aunts and uncles can you might be able to relate yes. to this too, and yes. to the idea of being able to send them back, send them home.
2: Yeah.
1: And yes. so um, so that's great. That's great.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so like I said, some folks have to care for them and make sure they care for it 24-7. Yeah. But you know, with all of that being said, I want to declare to you today as we enter into this new series entitled, The Birth of Our Savior. And I trust that you've downloaded the message outline and you're all set to go. I want to declare to you that the world, the entire world, has never seen a greater or more important birth of a child than the birth of our Savior. There is no greater or more important birth.
2: That's right.
1: Even the birth of your child Mm -hmm. or the birth of your grandchild, niece or nephew, Mm -hmm. is not greater than the birth of our Savior. And I want you to sit on that for a minute, to think about that, to ponder that, to meditate on that thought that the birth of our savior is more important and more and greater than the birth of your own child or your own grandchild. Meditate on that. Mm -hmm. And don't get mad at me. I'm just being a messenger. The scripture makes this very clear. And today we're gonna delve into why that is the case. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And it's good to remember that.
1: Absolutely.
2: Good to remember that. Puts things in perspective. Yes. Yeah.
1: You see, one of the things is the birth of our savior is so great. Um because that child or grandchild of yours,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no matter how cute they are or were.
2: Or were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they stop they being cute when they yeah. start acting bad. <laughs>
1: no matter how cute they are or were, mm-hmm. uh, he or she was a cute little sinner. <laughs> And I know that doesn't feel good. You yeah. might be feeling it's some dope. kind of way when I tell you that. Yeah. But I gotta be a messenger and tell you what the Bible says. The Bible. yes, yes. They was a cute little sinner. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's the truth.
2: Yeah.
1: And they needed a savior. <laughs> as cute as they were, I'll never forget. Never forget, and I told y'all this before, and I'm gonna keep telling it to you from time to time, because this message is is important and I want you to know I understand. But I'll never forget, before my son was three years old, he showed us that he was a cute little sinner.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not my baby. Yes, your baby, yes, your
1: baby. And so we was a hot day. We was outside getting wet on the grass and just <laughs> don't playing around. We had we had the water down real low. You know, it was just wetting up our feet and legs. And and for some reason, some got into that cute little center and he wanted to go and turn the nozzle, the knob up on the water oh, hose. Oh, yeah. I don't know what made him want to do that. I the guess blue. out the blue, yeah. he went over there. He walked his little legs over there. Oh, yeah. Put his little hand, his little center hand <laughs> around the nozzle, and he turned it up. I, I, don't even, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, he didn't even turn it down. I hadn't tripped on this. He turned up. I don't know what gave him the insight to turn the right way to turn it up. But he turned it up, and the water shot high and wet me and his mama up.
2: I think that maybe that's what, you know, I never really asked him that. Um, I think maybe that's what he wanted. He wanted the water to go higher. Uh, maybe. So we had a video camera on as well, videotaping ourselves running back and forth through the water or whatever. And uh, for with the water going up higher, it's gonna wet the equipment and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know what he wanted. I don't even think he probably remember. I don't know. Maybe he does. I don't maybe, know, dear. Maybe. Um. Maybe he remember me talking remember about it so that, much.
2: Yeah. He <laughs> might remember it from us talking about, about talking it, about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: But he turned it up and wet us all up, and right away he knew something wasn't right. He knew this was not right. Yeah. We didn't have to tell him nothing. We didn't even yell at him or shout. Before we can get anything out, you know what that little sinner said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I told y'all this before. That little sinner said, "Daddy did that." <laughs> I mean, Daddy wasn't even nowhere near the knot, nah, near the yeah. near the knot. Nah,
2: he didn't want to upset his mama. That's why he didn't want.
1: And I, I always triple said "Why didn't he say mama did that?" He didn't want
2: to upset me. He that's
1: put it. Why. why he put it on me? Yeah. yeah. That little center. I don't know. Maybe what is was I call <laughs> it. I don't
2: know. Daryl said, they still cute little sinners. I'm I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about your grown boys. They still cute little sinners.
1: And so he said, daddy did that. He wasn't even three years old, Mm y'all. But that was one thing that really gave me proof positive that the Bible was right. Mm -hmm. That he's a cute little sinner. (laughs) And it told me that I need to make sure I got a plan and a strategy Mm -hmm. to get him to the Savior because he needs a Savior. Yeah. See, and that's why the Savior's birth is so much greater and important because even your cute son, cute daughter, cute grandson, granddaughter, they need a Savior. Yes, we all are in need of a Savior. We are all in need of a Savior. And so the truth is this. You should love the birth of the savior more than you love the birth of your own child or grandchild. Amen, amen. Think about that. Mm -hmm. This, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, you should let that marinate in your heart. And the reason is, without the birth of the savior, your cute little sinner Grandchild grandson, or son, I know y'all get y'all say that. Why, why keep saying that? Why keep saying that? Because I want to make sure y'all get this in your spirit. Without the Savior's birth, you and your grandchild or child will be on your way, are on your way to spend eternity separated from God.
2: Yeah,
1: that's it. That's why it's greater. That's
2: it. That's
1: why it's more important. And that's why you should love it more. Because not only does it bring salvation to you, it also gives an opportunity for salvation for them. Mm -hmm. And we should be trying to get them to the Savior because that's the greatest need they have. Amen. Amen. So we should love the birth of the Savior Mm
2: -hmm. more than any other birth. Mm -hmm.
1: We should love it. The subtopic for today is the essentiality of the Savior's birth. Mm -hmm. The essentiality of the Savior's birth. Mm -hmm. So the first point is Jesus Christ is our Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Mm -hmm. It's important that we highlight that because there are many other Uh, options the world is proposing for salvation for rightness with God for the opportunity or ability to live in heaven or to be in heaven there are many other options the world is proposing and I come to tell you today there's really only one and that's Jesus Christ Amen. when on the night that Christ was born An angel told the shepherds that night, and it picks up here in Luke 2.11. The angel said to them, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Wow. Isn't that great news?
2: Yes, yes, it is. Think
1: about it as a sinner. If you know you're a sinner and you know you stand in need of a Savior, and when somebody bring you the news, the Savior is born and he's come to deal with your sin. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Amen. That's great news. And the angels gave them this great joyful news that the Savior was born. And they understood it Mm -hmm. because they knew the prophecies about the Messiah and how the word had, God's word has spoke about his coming.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then here in John, the gospel of John, we see something else here. And this happened after Jesus had an encounter with the woman at the well and he told her he was the Christ and she went back, dropped her water pot and went to go tell the people in the town, I found the Christ. Mm-hmm. And she told them what he had done. And then she got their attention and she was a great evangelist for Christ. And here in John 4:42, it says, after they heard her, then they said to the woman, and this is after they heard her, and then came to see him Mm -hmm. and hear him for themselves. Mm -hmm. It says, then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Mm -hmm. He's the savior of the world. I wanna highlight this because the, the point is that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And you say, well, who is our? Well, the truth is this. Jesus Christ is everybody's Savior in the sense that he, he is the, he, he has, he's the sufficient, his sufficiency mm-hmm. in what he did with his death, burial, and resurrection is sufficient to save the entire world.
2: Right.
1: Right. Now, everybody don't accept him as savior. Right. And thus, he doesn't become their personal savior, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean he's still not the savior of the world. And the text tells us here, he is indeed the savior of the world. world. Whether you accept it or not, he Mm -hmm. is still the savior Mm -hmm. of the world. We want you to accept it so that you can enjoy uh, the blessings, the joy, the peace, the hope, and all that comes from having a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Sure but whether God. you accept it or not, it doesn't change the truth about who he, who he is. He is the savior of the world. Um, John goes on to tell us in 1 John four fourteen and 15, John says here, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes And now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. And so the thought here is this, the birth of our savior, Jesus Christ was essential for anyone to spend eternity with the with Almighty God, because all people have sinned and needed to be saved from eternal death, which is the penalty for committing sin, Jesus is the Savior of Amen. the world. Amen. So, I want to give you some um, truths about why. Um, the birth of Jesus Christ was so essential. Write that down. The birth of the Savior was essential. I want to give you some reasons, some more reasons why the birth of of, of the Savior was essential. And I want to reiterate to you again, it was even more essential than the rain we get in the middle of a drought, a severe drought. In fact, it's more essential than the beat of your heart. Um, the, the birth of Jesus Christ is our gateway to spiritual and eternal life, not just the physical life. So I want to give you these seven things, what his birth was essential to do. The first is this to administer the fullness of grace and truth to administer the fullness of grace and truth. John 1:14 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We need the fullness of grace to come in in, in order to come into salvation. Mm-hmm. And grace is that unmerited favor that we get because we are sin. It's not anything that we do. It's grace. It's God gives us favor. Um, um, and we didn't earn it. In fact, what we earned is death, which we'll see as we walk through this. Amen. Thank you. For and we that. need the fullness of truth in order to be able to commune with God and be in relationship with God. Grace brings us into salvation. Truth brings us into relationship. Okay. Ephesians 2.8.9 says this: for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Unmerited favor. Again, we haven't earned it. We don't even deserve it. And we can't even earn it or deserve it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one of the reasons I, you know, people talk about what they deserve, what they deserve. I I try to keep that language out of my mouth. I um because the the truth is I deserve death. I'm a I'm a sinner. I used to be a cute little sinner. (laughs) I was just looking at my little baby (laughs) pig. I was just looking at my baby picture the other day, and I was like, Rob, you was a little cute little little baby there. But I was a cute little sinner. Cute little sinner. Now
2: you're old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A big old sinner. Big
2: old sinner. (laughs) Big old sinner. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But we haven't earned it, we don't deserve it. And God, in His great love, has given us the gifts. John 8 31 and 32 says this. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. And so we needed the truth in order to be set free. Notice holding to Jesus' teaching is necessary to be a disciple. And being a disciple is necessary to knowing the truth. Mm. And then knowing the truth is necessary to being set free from sin. And so we have to go through this cycle. We need all of these points in order to be set free. And this speaks to our general freedom from sin and also specific freedom from being set free from sin. And what I mean by that, so if there's a specific sin uh, that you are bound by, a a recurring sin in your life, you ought to be asking yourself, what truth am I not holding to in order for this sin to keep re- recurring in my life? You should ask yourself that question because the Bible's clear the truth sets you free from sin. So if you have a recurring sin, try to find what truth you're not holding to, what teaching you're not holding to of Christ, and why you're not being set free. Yeah. From that recurring sin.
2: That's good. That's
1: good. The second reason that the birth of our say of the Savior was essential, and I say the Savior, not a Savior, yeah. I say the Savior, the birth of why the Savior was was essential. Second reason is to establish Jesus as the greatest High Priest. Mm-hmm. To establish him as the greatest High Priest. See High Priest job was to go to God for the sins of the people. Yeah, yeah. They went to God on behalf of the people, and Jesus is the greatest at doing that. Look what it says here in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Hold firmly to the faith, And so Jesus is the great high priest. And the book of Hebrews tells us also in Hebrews 2.18 that because he himself suffered, we, when he was tempted, he is able to help us, help those who are being tempted as well. Mm-hmm. So we see that Jesus had, for that he had, a, for him to ascend to the throne, he had to first descend and be born in the flesh and become human. And he personally understands our situation and our temptations, and he knows what it is to go through it so he can help us with it. Mm-hmm. And so we, he suffered like we have. He's been tempted like we have, and so he can give us help when we need it.
2: Yeah, yeah, so we don't have any excuse. <laughs>
1: Yes, and we'll be talking about that too. And then in Hebrews 3, 1, we see, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, Mm -hmm. whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. And so for him to be able to go to the father on our behalf and be our high priest the fact that he understands our situation, he understands what it's like to be human, to be go through temptation. He can now present the best case. He can go to the father on our behalf the best mm-hmm. because he knows and he understands and he was tempted and he did not sin. Yes,
2: yes,
1: amen. Which is highly important for us.
2: Amen.
1: The third reason that the... Birth of our Savior was essential. It was to make God more personal. Mm-hmm. To make God more personal. Yes. Uh, First John one eighteen says this: No one has seen has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is Himself God, and is the is and, and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known
2: Amen.
1: so it said jesus when he came and he was born he has made the father known mm-hmm. so now we can have a personal relationship with the father
2: Amen. and
1: jesus declared himself in john 14 6 and 7 this truth concerning the Father. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Hmm. So the fact that Jesus came in the flesh, the Father is made known to us and we can know him personally.
2: Amen.
1: That's important. We just don't know him through word of mouth or know him through someone else. Mm -hmm. We can know him personally. Amen. And so this is another reason why we need to focus on Jesus, because he reveals the deeper things about God. He revealed to us that God is a father. He's revealed the deeper aspects of the love of God. And he did it through his perfect sacrifice. Amen. I want you to think about, and we already did, we already made the point that the birth of Christ was the most important birth um, and the greatest birth in human history. Amen. And now we have institutions that are trying to lessen the impact. So God's impact and intent for the birth of Christ was for it to be the greatest impact. And now we have institutions, human beings who are running institutions, creating institutions that want to lessen the impact. And God said, no, my intent is that it would be the greatest impact. Mm -hmm. And here's the challenge for us as believers in that we have to ensure first of all that in our personal life that it's the greatest impact mm-hmm. and then that by extension that should lead over into our family mm-hmm. that it's the greatest impact yeah. Yeah. because there's institutions out there that you you and your children will be engaging with mm-hmm. that are trying to lessen the impact right And this makes it even more important for us to emphasize the greatness of his birth, the importance of his birth, because they're going to go out into the world and see institutions, Mm -hmm. not just individuals, institutions lessening. The impact of Christ.
2: I mean, we can look at what yeah. happens when this season comes around. Yeah. As far as you know, what's more important—that you get out there and start shopping, right? Right. You know, we have these Black Friday sales and all of this. You got to get, you know, get out there and get get things, buy things. You know, yeah. we're we're all about that instead of about what the season is really about. So that's why I, I'm I am so thankful that we do share every year. We we put it to the forefront of you know, our members and whoever else is here to, to visit us for the services, we put it in the forefront of their, their minds and their hearts to remember yeah. what, what this time of year is all about. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right. Yeah.
1: Amen. The fourth reason the birth of the Savior is essential is to make Jesus Christ the example of right living. <laughs> to make Jesus Christ the example of right living. 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. You claim to live in Jesus, you must live as he did then. Mm-hmm. He should be our example. No one else is the right example. Yes. Okay, So don't compare yourself to no one else. Mm-hmm. So don't compare your living to what someone else is doing your neighbor, your friend, your brother, whoever, compare it to Christ, because he's the right example. Right. And if we get out of this comparison thing, we won't fall into some of these traps because <clears throat> you may compare yourself to someone else and you're actually living better in that area than them. And then you, get a, you start to feel yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and you miss the mark. Mm-hmm. That's not your gauge. Your gauge is Christ. And you can find yourself taking your foot off the gas on your spiritual walk,
2: right? right. Because you're
1: comparing yourself to someone else. Mm-hmm. If you compare yourself to Christ, you're going to always come up short. Mm-hmm. Therefore, your foot will always be on the gas, that's right? Yeah. And that that's going to be better for uh, for you. It's going to be better for me mm-hmm. to keep pressing toward becoming, right. trying to live like Christ. Amen. Amen. And don't let Comparing myself to no one else. Yeah. Look what John says in John 8 29 about the way Christ lived. Or G, when not John said, Jesus said, John says what Jesus says. Yeah. Jesus is speaking here. He says, The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Amen. So Jesus says, I'm always pleasing the Father. Yeah. That's the example. Yes. But we need to try to follow, to try. Amen to make efforts to please the father. And so that should be our focus, pleasing the father. And that's why we need the grace that Jesus brings from him coming, because all of us fall short. All of us are sinners. And so we need that grace to make up or to to pay the price um for our sin
2: to be the perfect
1: sacrifice for it there's
2: no way we can make up for it ourselves none that's right
1: (laughs) so we must fix our thoughts on jesus and be his disciple follow him and try to live like him and live in him so that when god sees us even though we we messed up in sin from time to time he when he sees us he sees jesus Mm -hmm. Because we are jacked up. You don't see our jacked upness. He sees Jesus living and pleasing him. And so he doesn't see the simple us because we are in Christ and we are made right in Jesus Christ. That's why having a relationship, an active relationship with Christ is so important and critical. Amen, amen. First Peter um, 2.21 says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you Mm -hmm. leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps Mm -hmm. so we should be continually trying to follow in the steps of jesus christ and the fifth the fifth uh, reason um, that the savior's birth was essential is to make jesus christ an effective sacrifice make him an an effective sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm -hmm. So, if Jesus did not come and was born, death was required to pay the, price for sin the wages of sin is death if he was never born then he could never die Mm. for our sin he couldn't pay the wage he couldn't pay the price for our sin Mm. so the fact that he was born and lived as a human being he could now die for our sin and we can receive the gift of eternal life Mm -hmm. And it made his sacrifice effective. And that's important for us to understand. And these are these are reasons again that we should love the birth of Christ more than any other birth.
2: Right, right.
1: This is how important it is. And look what Hebrews 10:4 says. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Now, this is what the the priests were doing before. They were sacrificing the blood of animals for the sins of the people. And they were following instructions. But God knew that was insufficient, and he had already planned to send his son. So this text is telling us that those sacrifices, it was impossible for those sacrifices to take away sin. And the only way that sin can get taken away was through the blood of a perfect sacrifice. Yes. Which was Christ. Amen. See, humanity must die for humanity. Mm -hmm. But the death of a sinful human is insufficient to pay for sin, the sin of the world. Y'all see that?
0: Yeah.
1: Someone who was a sinner dying is not sufficient to pay for the sin of the world. It had to be a human who was sinless yes. in order to pay the price for our sin. Therefore, Christ had to be born so that he could live without sin, then die. Mm-hmm. As God, He, but we know as God, he does not die, but as a human, he did. Mm-hmm. He was required, that's why it was required that he be a God-man to bridge the gap right. between God and man. Okay and be our savior. Again, this is more reasons why we should love his birth more than any other. Mm -hmm. And then look how 1 Timothy 2.5 puts it. It says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we needed Christ and we needed him to be a human for him to pay the price. And be the effective sacrifice. Amen. The sixth reason, or the six things, his the birth of the Savior was essential to do, was to remove all excuses and rebuttals. My wife mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. To remove all excuses and rebuttals, so there there are no no places to hide. There are no alibis for our sin. Yeah. Christ removed them. Look what it says here in Genesis 3, 8 and 9 9 in verse 12. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Mm -hmm. And this was after they sinned, after they were disobedient to God. He walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They tried to hide. Mm-hmm. They had sinned, God was coming, they, they knew he was coming, and they tried to hide. Yeah. That is man's first instinct, default instinct when we sin is to hide. Daddy did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my cute little son, sinner son, way of hiding. He mm-hmm. tried to hid by blaming daddy mm-hmm. for his sin that is our default okay and that's what they did Adam and Eve they tried to hide in the garden verse 9 tells us but the Lord God called to the man where are you the man said the woman you put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it so all of a sudden now it's the woman's fault that he ate it he hid and that he hid he yeah. blaming it on somebody else. That is our default to I'm blame.
2: Saying, I'm saying he hid again by blaming it on the woman. Oh, he hit
1: again. <laughs> he hid and then hit again. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. And so um, Christ's coming removes all excuses and rebuttals. Look at what it says here in John 5, 23, and then 27. Moreover. The father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. You see, Jesus can be the rightful judge of human activity. Because he was a human. Yeah. He was just like us. Mm-hmm. So he can look at our life and our the sin in it and make a judgment because I've been you.
2: Right. I've
1: been there. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's the righteous judge. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, because he's the judge and, it, and we, it's, we must honor him and we can't honor the father without honoring the son. Mm-hmm. no one can say to jesus you don't understand my situation <laughs> can't,
2: can't do it can't say it yeah, yeah
1: it's that's not an alibi or an excuse to use mm-hmm. he's been there and done that mm-hmm. tempted in all points and did not sin yeah. so no excuses can work yeah. and additionally uh, by jesus being our judge being god being god his judgments are right mm-hmm. we can't argue against the rightness of his judgment
2: that's right That's
1: right. And so no excuses and no alibis. And then the last point, the last reason, the birth of the Savior was essential. What it was essential to do. It was essential to destroy the devil's work. Mm -hmm. Essential to destroy the devil's work. First John 3:8 says: the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Mm -hmm. Now look what this text is saying. The reason the son of God appeared, that speaks to his birth. He appeared to destroy the devil's work. So Jesus has come to do that and destroy how the devil's work has manifested itself in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the devil took his best shot at Jesus and lost,
2: right.
1: which destroys the devil's work. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the work, devil's work in your life and in mine, Christ's coming destroys it. It was essential for him to be born Amen. again. It's another reason why we should love the birth of Christ more than any other birth. Amen. First Peter 2 22 says to this, you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. We read that earlier, mm-hmm. but then verse 22 goes on to say, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, after all of that, he had committed no sin.
2: That's right. Amen.
1: And this tells us this tells us that without Jesus Christ, the Savior, we all of humankind were eternally sentenced to him because he was born because he was buried because he died and was buried and resurrected we are not sentenced to him because he came to save us save us from our very own
0: You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ.
3: Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God, and to other believers.
0: God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Thank you for listening.